focus on how did I get here? How did I get here? 47, divorce. Thought I married the love of my life. Was feeling unwanted, unheard for about four to five years. 
I don't know, everything stopped. Stopped dating, stopped talking to each other, and not too much on my part. Like, these were habits and things that I knew that was going on before me. And, you know, when you're in love, you think, oh, that's not going to happen to me. That's how he was with her. But no, it's happening. And a lot of it stems, everything stems from your childhood, everything. And so I just realized that I attracted what I was used to. I was used to the avoidance. I was used to the quiet, not saying anything, which that like really, really got to me, especially since I was the kid that wanted to be good for my parent and not cause trouble. And I just wanted to make her proud, but never really knew how much I did for her because she never voiced it she never told me she never said I love you she never said good job Tasha oh I'm so proud of you you did a great job any of that I never had any affirmations but that is my love language words of affirmation it's crazy how the world works um I just feel like how did I get here like in our black community, if I want to just put it in a broader perspective, a lot of families don't share. And in my marriage of 10 years, in our relationship of 15 plus years, yeah, I was with him for a good amount of time. And so, no, 13. Yeah, because, yeah, anyway. I noticed the time that I spent with my ex-husband's family that they literally was doing the same things. Um, They were getting together for, you know, holidays and barely seeing each other for anything other than that. Um, If it wasn't a holiday or a birthday, well, not even birthdays, but anything like Mother's Day, Father's Day you're not going to see them or they're not going to talk or, you know, and this seems like the norm for a good amount of the black families. And I'm sure in other cultures, they have the same problem, but I'm just speaking on what I know and what I've seen. And it's my perspective of what I think. And so I know there's other perspectives out there, but just wanted to let you know that. But um, when I was little, it seemed like we were so together. We would come together for holidays. We would also be there in the summers. I would visit my sister. But... um, what I realized is that when I look back, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. We never got deep with anything. Everything was really surface and everything always had to look good and be perfect. And so I became that pleaser. I wanted to please my mom, to please her and make the right decisions and do what I need to do to 
to stay unnoticed as far as if I was to make a mistake. I don't understand why I didn't reach for the top. I always reached for the middle, which in turn made me dim who I am. I was always the kid that was different. I wanted to wear my hair differently. I wanted to dress differently. I always liked really nice things. I think I have impeccable taste. And if I could be in any field, like I have so many talents that I don't know which talent to focus on. And so that that's a problem within itself. At the same time, it's a good problem to have, like, which one? But then it's like, oh, if I focus on this, if I focus on writing books, then how am I going to work on modeling? If I work on modeling, how am I going to work on a radio station? If I work at a radio station, how am I going to work on TV? And if I work on TV and radio station, then when am I have time to write? Like, I have so many different things that I like. And then I could do video. I could do editing. Um, yeah, and the list keeps going on. Like, as I grow as a person, I love, I love, love, love entertainment. And so podcasting came out, and this is why I'm focusing and and, and pushing myself to do this because this gives me some of my radio experience. This gives me a piece of me that I let go when I decided to live someone else's life because I wanted to be that model of a wife that went to a nine to five and bought help home, even though it wasn't much help <laughs> because teachers don't make that much. So how helpful am I being? I'm helping him by not burdening him on my bills. And so that is how I looked at it. I don't know he saw it. He saw me as not moving forward, which every teaching position I got, I moved forward. Not understanding each other's workplace and professionalism and how we move individually is also a, a form of respect. And I don't think I've ever gotten that. And which that relates to how I never really got respect as a kid. Like, <laughs> I never got asked what I wanted or what I liked or what my goals want to be. I remember I used to always come out and dance for my mom's guests and my mom and my family and we used to always um entertain when I was younger and the kids have to go in a room and we usually like either wrestling with each other or turning on music dancing and dancing was one of those things I loved and if I went to a dance school and learned how to dance that's probably what I would be doing now but I got yelled at and told my my mom told me that you can't be a dancer because dancers don't make money. Back in the 80s, I think, yeah, I can see how true that is. But if I stuck with it and didn't listen and, and was more headstrong and wanted to do what I love, but 
Did I see that going growing up? Did I see people going for what they love? No, that wasn't in my vicinity. That wasn't in, that's not what I saw. I saw people getting jobs and working and working hard and coming home and buying clothes and doing it all over again. And so that's what I thought life was. And although I did want something different, I knew it was something different. It's like, this is, this can't be. And so when I went to community college, because my mom didn't want me to go away, I ended up saying, what did I love? What am I going to major in? And I was on the right path, even though it seemed hard and it seemed wrong to me because no one was like, yes, that's a great field to go in. Everyone was looking like, oh, that's what you're majoring in? It was always like questioning (laughs) what I was doing. And my goal was, can I do this? That that was me in my first year in college majoring in radio tv film wanting to break into the industry i i was determined and then i was a little disappointed because clark focused on clark atlanta university where i went they focused on um newscasting being a newscaster and i definitely did not want to be a newscaster because i didn't want to put on a face or put on a voice Cause that's what I did all my my entire life, and I was literally running from that. And I think my issue with that kind of held me up with where I probably could have taken that, and I probably should have achieved very well in that realm. But I was so in a rebellion mode of no, this is not what I want. I wanted to work on sitcoms. I wanted to write with. Um, other writers and build a story up and that's just not what we were doing we did little shorts we did little short films and turn it into our teachers and we had the old editing um (laughs) the old editing equipment which don't even exist anymore today but the whole process of me learning how to use a camera and even knowing how to edit my own um, film and then being able to write little segments, those, I, I was so intrigued and so engulfed in, in what I was learning. The hard part of that is we not only learned about radio TV, we also learned about writing a newspaper and writing writing um scripts and manuscripts and all of that and that's where my weakness was and writing was something I struggled in especially in high school and around 10th grade is when I learned that I wasn't even being taught the very basics And that particular teacher that pointed it out to me and what I needed to do ended up firing her. And then I go back to having substitutes that don't care what you're doing. So, yeah, um, my existence as far as me showing who I am and being proud of 
what I know and what I can do is kind of dimmed and just moving forward to today in my marriage I don't know I I just feel my partner at the time had expectations of me that he did not share with me it's just you want me to do as you say do and at the same time you're not explaining fully like how is this going to benefit me um we butted heads on savings i really didn't understand that especially when i needed that money that i was saving I, i'm supposed to save and then not be able to put gas in my car i don't i don't get it you're not going to give me the gas money so why you tell me to put $20 there but $20 here there i see I understand saving when there is room to do so. And I get there should be a plan. But that's what I needed, a plan. How do I get from the big salary to chopping everything down as far as all of my important things that I need to get laid out? And then leaving what I have left and sacrificing from that what I have left to put in the savings. Yes, I understand that part. But just to blindly put, <laughs> and we do this in church, like you give a seed. Yeah, I'm going to give the seed because I have it right now. But then two weeks later, I may, you know, have to be like, oh, man, I was supposed to do this with that. But, hey, that was my sacrifice and I hope. You know, that money is well spent and is blessing someone who needs it more than I do. And I don't know, it's just different perspectives. And if we can understand people's perspectives, it would help in the long run. Because right now I'm just trying to understand how did I get to knowing this (laughs) guy six months after I moved out of a house that I was living in for over 10 years and thought I would be in a better place which I kind of was in a better place it's just that my husband wasn't moving in a better place with me and I just looked at me as pulling him down I was literally my credit score was up I was doing good financially I was taking care of myself physically. I started working out, eating better, and he was just watching me. I would cook. He didn't want to eat my food. He cooked separately. He would walk in and walk out and walk in walk out and barely spoke two words. I would still cook dinner. I would still want us to sit and eat, and we would sit. He would eat his food, go back upstairs. It was really sad, but I kept trying. I had no idea that it would continue to the point where, yeah, it just, and then life circumstances, parent got ill. I know when my ex-mom died, it took a toll on him. It also took a toll on me as well. 
because she was a mom figure to me and we became really really close and I loved her dearly and I will never forget the bond we had I think she loved me more than my ex for real like I saw the love I felt it every time I came in she would smile she was happy to see me and so that's what you want to see when someone comes or sees you that's what you want and I wasn't getting that I would barely get looked at I would barely get talked to I don't get any phone calls like you don't check up on me and so I was feeling unwanted for a long period of time and wanted to fix that which led me to this guy reaching out to me on Instagram and <laughs> and showing me all the things that I was missing, which kind of put me in a position of vulnerability when a guy can literally from across the country tell you you're beautiful. I didn't hear that from my husband. Ironically, I didn't hear that from my mom either. <laughs> See what I mean? See the connection? I didn't get morning texts with emojis saying how much he can't wait to hear my voice because it's so sexy. And um, just my voice alone turns him on. Like, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> my smile radiates a room. I hear people give me compliments on my smile all the time. But when you're in a relationship with someone for years and they barely even acknowledge your smile or it may just do something to to you, but hey... <laughs> It's not sad. And that's that avoidance part. I want to get past that. And so this guy, he would send me texts saying words and they fail to express how much I love you and the love I have for you. So yesterday, today will never go away. It's like no tomorrow. I'm incomplete without you. Before you came into my life, you changed, you changed me completely. You are like a flower that have many fragrances. Thanks for decorating my life with the colors of love. A day without you makes me want to question the existence of planet Earth. Dear love, you keep me going even on my most vulnerable days. Without you, I cannot breathe. Without you, I am incomplete. That's my good morning message. Good morning, sweetness. You're my queen. Who doesn't want to hear that? Why? Why did this man come into my life to share these different things? I fell so hard for you, so deep that nothing in this world can pull me from you. I thought heaven was up in the sky, but now I know heaven is falling deep down into love. I wish, I wish to be with you till the last moment of my life. 
Wow. That's <laughs> amazing. I see myself in your eyes and feel your presence in my heart. And I love you and will always do. I love you every day because you are the one for me. My love continues to grow stronger each day and my happiness is inexplicable. I'm truly blessed to have you, darling. Thank you for loving me and accepting me unconditionally and providing me with the undivided love and attention. I thank you for all the laughs we shared and the great times we've had. Good morning, my beautiful queen. That is another message. Another one of the many messages that he left me. And I was vulnerable. And I loved it. And I miss it. To the point where he was super consistent. Super consistent every morning. And we would talk every night. Service guys, special ops all the way across the country in Africa. Are you serious? And you're making the time to talk to me and to and pour into me. But what I didn't realize is what do, what do you want for that? Is there a cost for this? I was vulnerable. I was needing someone to see me. He saw me, at least I thought. Or is this just a script? Is this just something he learned to get what he wants? You know, and single guy, three kids. Um, widowed father his mom passed away and yeah I felt for him ironically from Georgia really how ironic is that did you know I was from Georgia already so we started questioning stuff because now I can't give him $300 for a subscription because I'm in a bind. Like, I can't pay my stuff. And so now, I don't have those calls because he's waiting for me to pay a subscription. But I have my phone bill, I have my rent, I have my car. Like, I have so many things I have to pay. And now I'm just questioning everything. Being too vulnerable, being too nice, being just the hopeless, romantic, falling in love, just realizing that it has to be more than that. It has to be reciprocal. What you give is given. And yes, I wrote back. My messages was just as heartfelt as his. And as I go further, I will share a little more. But if I learn anything from this and nothing comes from this, I learned that I want a guy. I want my future, my next husband to cherish me, to give me the words that I need, to want to do it, not me tell him what to do. 
um, if he wants me, I will know it. I there is no guessing. There is no. I wonder if he loved. No, I will know, and he will show me, and he will tell me. And that's physically and emotionally, and I want to do the same for him. And so, I was vulnerable. And I fell for it, but those are things I was missing. <laughs> it was missing in my childhood and miss, missing in my marriage. But now I know and I've learned from those things. Words of affirmation is big. And we also need accountability for those words and what actions are going after those words. Because words are just words. I've heard Oh, I will never leave you. I've heard that. And they left. So, I need actions. Then show me that you won't leave. Show me that you love me. Show me in my love language, not yours. Because, and we could work it out. Let's talk it out. Let's get through the tough times. And a lot of people including my family, do not want to talk about the tough stuff. But, my God, if we could work through the hardships, you know how much fun and laughter we could have once we get to the other side? And, I mean, when pastors talk about these things, it's just like, man, I be thinking the same thing. But, you know, I get avoided because I bring up what's needed. I don't sugarcoat, I don't blow it off. I like to address what's needed. And so, I'm gonna end it there. This episode went a little long, (laughs) but I had to backtrack and let you guys know some things. And I hope you can learn from me because I didn't have anyone to learn from being that you know, come from a, a background of people that don't share. Or they just didn't share. My mom didn't share. My sisters didn't share. My husband didn't share. <laughs> so I'm out here in this world learning it all over again. And by God, I am going to get it right or close to it. I don't have to be perfect. I learned that. I don't want to be a pleaser anymore either. So that kind of leaves you alone because you don't want to be a pleaser it's like I don't have to agree with what you're saying but I can understand it and 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 be good with it so (laughs) just know that there are many versions of you and pick the one that best addresses your own needs And then go from there. Ask questions. Be be you at all times. And don't be scared. Understand the process. There is a process to it all. And we want it quickly. And if it doesn't happen quickly, we're done. And I think I just finished off too quickly being that nothing happened right then, nothing happened in those two years, nothing happened in those three years, 
nothing happened in those four years. So I'm gone. I'm going to go to something else. Maybe if I would have stuck it out, I would be in a, in a field that I would love, that I would survive and be thriving. But right now, I'm just giving and helping students learn. And this year, I can say my students are affirming me every day. They tell me, I love you. Miss Wright, I love you. You're so beautiful. And it's just like, thank you, God. This is a great way to, to end teaching if this is <laughs> my last year. Like, my students give me affirmations every day. And I just love it. And I say, thank you. Thank you for it all. They are sweet and beautiful. And I'm going to give them all the hope they need to get them through. And that's one of the reasons that teaching is fulfilling is that I can let those kids know, like when I was a kid and no one told me that I could be anything I wanted to be, I'm letting them know that they could be anything they put their mind to. If that's what you want to do, you can do it. And my students have great confidence, and I love that. <laughs> so I'm going to end it on there. Till next time, love, peace, out.